right there in front of us is something that a whole lot of our people love, and it is what I call the miracle of team. Because you step in the huddle in those days or these days, you cannot be a racist. You're not going to be allowed. The guys are not going to allow you. You're going to be exposed. You're not going to make the team, and people become reformed. Welcome back to the Underdog Podcast with your host, Kyle Decker, and myself, Calvin Blackman. Before we get to tonight's episode, do us a favor and check out our new website, www.theunderdogpodcast.com, and be sure to sign up for our weekly Underdog Newsletter. This week's guest from the frozen tundra of the 1960s and 70s, it's legendary player and coach Bill Curry. Coach talks about the first time he had an African-American teammate in the huddle with him with the Green Bay Packers in 1965 and how that experience changed his life forever. I felt like running through a brick wall when this conversation was over. So without further ado, it's Coach Bill Curry. All right, Coach, appreciate you taking some time this morning for joining myself and my partner Kyle here on the uh, on the Underdog Podcast. Well, I'm honored to be with you. I, I like your um, the theme. I like the way you go about it, and I'm, I'm happy to be a, an underdog with you. Yeah, yeah. you well, real, real quick, I wish – He's a, he's a center and is a great NFL player. You snapped to Johnny Unitas and Bart Starr. I was a quarterback. I wish I could have had a guy like this right. snapping to me. So I don't know. I'm like, uh, they're in a whole different four universes away. Your but, name shouldn't, yeah, you, this shouldn't even be a conversation with, with, you, with you hosting it. I had, those great, I had those great guys, and my job was to hike the ball and be run over slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you did it for 12 years. And just, just to put it in fact, we're going to get in your story, and we're going to play a clip here in a second. But just, just to put how amazing Coach Curry, just from a overall who he played with and who he was coached by, snapped to Johnny Unitas and Bart Starr, as I just mentioned, and was coached by Vince Lombardi <laughs> and Don Shula. Like, that is just... Coach, I, I think you're one of a Mount kind. Rushmore yeah, of Mount Rushmore's of Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I mean, it's like I tried to put it in perspective. It's like, you know, snapping the Tom Brady and maybe Peyton Manning and then Bill Belichick and maybe Nick Saban. I don't know. I mean, it's I don't even know how to compare it. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, it's what it is. It's just it's pure. It's the luck of timing and being born at the right time and then walking into the right training camp. That's all it is. It could have been anybody, but I, I, I was blessed to be there, and I am forever grateful to those great men that you mentioned. And yeah. there are a lot more. I could start naming others, and it would blow your mind. I mean, quarterbacks and coaches that I had the privilege of working with. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I want to play a clip, Coach, um, before we get really kind of into your underdog you know, story and, and the moment we were, where we really want to um, – that entry point for us. for our culture imperfect like all metaphors in that huddle is a bunch of folks that are black brown white liberal conservative muslim jewish christian buddhist and hindu we are slim fat short tall fast and slow we are analytical people and we're impulsive to go off of that what you and coach curry are saying the huddle as is what i love as you talk about coach and you know it's just 
a friendly reminder. It's such a refreshing conversation here with you, Coach Curry, because it just took me back to that moment, right? Because we're all missing it right now, and I am, and we, we try to, we're trying to do our best. But when you are in that huddle, it doesn't matter. Like you said, there's 11 of you, and uh, it doesn't matter. Like you said, at that point in time, it doesn't matter. Like you said in that, that clip, if you're, if you're uh, skinny, you're fat, you're, you're white, you're black, you're whatever, right? It doesn't matter what your religion is. It, it doesn't matter. You're together for one common cause is to win and, and uh, work together do that and, and and there couldn't be a better <laughs> stance as if we can all come together in a huddle right now we could sure use it that's yeah. for damn sure well we're in a huddle whether we like it or not our yeah. huddle is not like the football huddle right because our country hasn't gotten the message or we've lost the message if we ever had it the message is if you step in here and you can do something to help our team you belong it doesn't matter what color you are or where you came from or what religion of what political party. I actually wrote that piece that you read, that you uh, actually you played part of it, um, that I had transcribed. I wrote that after 911, uh, when the Twin Towers had fallen, and I was working as an analyst for ESPN. I was driving, ESPN changed all our assignments the next week, and let us know they were not going to let anybody get on an airplane. So they changed my, I lived in North Carolina. So they said, you're going to do the Alabama versus Southern Mississippi game in Birmingham. And you're going to drive to your assignment. So Thursday afternoon after the September 11th on Tuesday, this was September 13th, obviously I was driving to Birmingham. I stopped in Atala, Alabama to get gas. And the guy recognized me because I had coached in that state. He said, hey, coach, are we going to play these games? The NCAA was meeting to decide whether or not we were going to play the football games that week. And I said, I don't know, but I've got the cell phone in my pocket. If it rings while I'm in your station, you may be the first fan in America to know that we're playing or we're not playing. So sure enough, my phone rang, and I was told, go home. We're not playing. So I walked back up, and the, and the nice man is standing behind the counter, and I said, uh, hey, buddy, I got the phone call. We're not playing. And I'll never forget his response. He leaned forward. He looked me flat out in the eye. His jugular stood out. He said, well, let me tell you something, Coach. In Atala, Alabama, come Friday night, we're going to play football because it means a lot to us. <sighs> I felt like I'd been slapped in the mouth. I went and got in my car. I started praying, dear God. We were all praying at that time. And we need to be praying right now for our country. I hope we all are. We were all praying because we didn't know what was going to happen next. And so I said, Lord, help me understand this. Why does it matter in Atala, Alabama, that we're going to play this silly football game Friday night? Why does it matter? It was almost like a vision came to me. I wish I could do this regularly. I'm not holy enough. But it started to come to me. It's important in Alabama. It's important in College Park, Georgia. It's important in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's important in Conestoga, California. It's important because Friday night is when America huddles. We sit together in the stands 
with people that we don't sit together with any other time of week, certainly not 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And when, when one of our kids scores a touchdown, what do we do? We hug. We hug. We don't stop to say, oh, excuse me, but you're the wrong skin color. I can't hug you. No, we just hug. We don't ask questions because somebody on our team did something. And when you step in that huddle, you're a part of something larger than yourself. And a great team is greater than the apparent sum of its component parts. And that's the reason, because we love each other too much. If I were your center, I could not let you down. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So that's what football teaches. That's what it can be. And that's what our nation needs to move toward. Yeah, Coach, I know you're just south of 80, but I want to run through a brick wall I right could, now. Right. I could just sit here and listen Man. to story after story after story. Um, <clears throat> my goodness. Uh, yeah, you'd be my center any day of the week. It's just <laughs> you, you played with a lot well, of you, Yeah, you're a lot better guys you played you for. Might, you might not. You might If you saw me now, you might not feel that way. <laughs> no, no, man, you're doing great. Loved uh, – so, yeah, what a story. So I want to – your – passion for leadership you can just hear it when you're talking and there's like this aura around you I mean obviously you're you are a legend um but let's go back because football wasn't always the easiest you weren't just the guy who walked on the field and picked the game up naturally again you that was another underdog I feel moment for you um you know I know there's a story of coach coming up to you and saying you know you're never going to play um you know you've been here four years you know but Again, you went on to have a 12-year NFL career, but what was it about those individuals, the different leaders that you had that you took from all of them that created the man who you are today? Well, there are so many of them, but uh, in particular, um, the one that you referenced, I had uh, been at Georgia Tech four years and I had not started a game. And, and I was, well, I was starting into my fourth year and had not started again. And I had just gotten married to the most beautiful girl in the world. And by the way, um, I'm bragging now. That's a great we story. Ready to celebrate our 58th anniversary. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. Congratulations. Next next week. She hadn't thrown me out yet. But, um, <laughs> but we went to a bowl game at Georgia Tech. And at the end of the game, my, my beautiful bride was sitting up there. It was um, – my jersey was clean, and I, I was so embarrassed that I had fiddled around and not earned a spot on the team. It was my fault. Wasn't Coach Bobby Dodd, by the way, my college coach was a legend too, Bobby yep. Dodd, one of the great coaches of all time. And he's the only reason any of us graduated from Georgia Tech. Um, I certainly didn't belong there academically, but if you cut a class, he would kill you. So I cut one. as the last one I cut the 50th time I ran up and down the West Stands at 5 a.m., I decided chemistry at 8 o'clock is a wonderful thing. So <laughs> I, owe every, I owe everything to him, too, because he, he made sure we graduated. But I, that my, I was agonizing because I had really failed so far. So I went to one of the coaches and said, why am I not playing? He said, because you're not good enough, and you're, not, you're never going to play. You're, you don't move your feet well enough. You're not big enough. And I'm sorry. He wasn't a bad guy. He was just doing it job so uh, gosh about the same time another coach on that staff named John Robert Bell 
I don't, I'll never know if he overheard the conversation or not, but he came to my locker and he said, Bill, I know you can play. How about you and me going down a little early and working on your footwork? And I'll bet you, you can get a chance to play. And I played 12 more years, as you mentioned. So just, just to put his underdog journey in perspective, your high school counselor said, Hey, you're not going to make it at Georgia Tech. You go to Georgia Tech, you don't really play till the till the very end, right? Then you get drafted in the 20th round, which I didn't even know there was 20 rounds, <laughs> right? By the Green Bay Packers, and Lombardi was like, hey, just select a guy. And then you play for 12 years and have this Hall of Fame, you know, coaching career. Catastrophic and, <laughs> knee injury. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but had, yeah, to your point, had, I mean, a, had a Hall of Fame career for but sure. I think the point where I was, I guess, going with that journey also as well is that everybody has a choice in that road in which direction, as you said, coach to go at each point that, that, that high school, you know, guidance counselor, you could said, well, I'm, I'm, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm not going to make it at Georgia tech or, you know, you're right, coach. I'm, I'm not going to be able to play here or at, you know, green Bay. Yeah, you're right. I, I can't play here. Cause there's too many guys that are hall of famers or with Don Shula, you know what, I'm not willing to, to be a special teams guy, but at each road, like you said, like you just said is, the grit, the grind, and just hard work works, right? Yep. So, I mean, I think that was a great thing that our listeners, we call them knowledge nuggets, Coach. That's a knowledge nugget beyond knowledge nuggets, right? That's, 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 that's it right there. If anything we've seen in this podcast is, you know, the perseverance, right, is a common thread between all of our guests is persistence, perseverance, and just pushing through adversity. My dad, my father... Uh, was the greatest competitor I've ever known. He was a, a national Olympic weightlifting champion, in the, meaning the Olympic list. In those days, that meant the snatch, the clean and jerk, and the press. And um, he was the grittiest, and you didn't quit anything at our house. Now, he didn't make me go out for football, but when I announced I was quitting, which I did when I was 12 years old, he said, no, you're not quitting. Uh, you went out there, you're not going to let your teammates down. I didn't make you go out there. I didn't even ask you to go out there. But now that you're there, buddy, you're staying, and you're not going to quit anything. Do you understand? I said, well, I think I got it, Pop. That's kind of where that came from. And Yeah, yeah pain of discipline and pain of regret. No doubt. <clears throat> it's definitely going to stick with me. Coach, we really, really appreciate uh, everything you've done from a leadership perspective in developing student athletes and the great men. Uh, you've been a great leader for thousands, and, and really your message has been heard by millions. And really appreciate you taking time today to share your story on our Underdog Podcast platform. Is there anything else um, as far as how they can engage with you, Coach? Anything, you know, your website, uh, online, anything you would like to say? Well, anybody that wants to engage can. It's just uh, www.billcurry.net, and uh, I love to hear from people. And uh, if you want to talk or if you want me to do something or appear on something, if we can schedule it, we will. Uh, I like the way you gave us so much advance notice, and I'm sorry we had technical difficulties. That, I'm pretty sure that was on my end with the Wi-Fi. But um, – I'm available, and I, I love people, and I hope that I could continue to contribute. And uh, God bless you guys for doing what you're doing, and uh, God bless that beautiful wife for carrying those babies. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Amen, Coach. We love you and uh, appreciate you and uh, would love to stay in touch. It's, it's an honor, Coach, definitely talking, having a chance to talk to someone like yourself. Well, thank you. I love you, too. All right. We'll see you, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see bye. you.